Hey guys, it's Luke, the Washed Up Strip Club DJ, and guess what? We're turning 50. It feels, um, I don't really know how it feels, uh, but I'm here with my buddy Brandon and Alex. Say something, boys. Yo guys, welcome. Thanks for being here. Happy 50th. Hi, welcome back. Same Brandon. We just, um, we just don't want to make that big a deal about it. Um, but what? Oh, you guys got us a gift anyway? Okay, hold on. Let me, let me open this here. How'd you know we needed this? Uh, so sweet. You guys got us the intro. First film that we saw this week is called Bilge. It's a 2017 film directed by Yolanda DeBerry. It's about a group of commercial sailors that are trying to save their sinking ship after it is hit by a whale. The bilge pump is broken. The ship starts to take on water. They are all going to die unless they fix the situation. Based on true events starring Andrew Garfield, Jessica Alba, Robin Lind, Marcy Nelms, and David Johnson makes a small cameo in there. What did you guys think of Bilge. Yeah, you know, I've been saying for years that Hollywood should produce a nautical bilge film, um, an exploration of onboard gear, onboard shipping, vessel equipment. And this one really takes that takes that nerdy that nerdy concept and really makes it a lot of fun and um, exciting and action packed for American audiences. For a Hollywood yeah, a film, thing. like a triple A film, big budget, big studio, to really hone in on that subculture of uh, inner ship working uh, details is quite fascinating. That's that's one thing I will say about this film is I feel like it might be too detail oriented for an average audience. So uh, for me, there is excitement when so yeah, again, the ship gets hit by this big whale and there's a break and and all of that and that was exciting for me. But then the real problem is not the big hole. They fixed the hole just fine. It's that the bilge pump is broken and that there's a small gavel inside or a gasket or something that has been stripped in some way. You got I got it. lost. You got it. You're not lost. You got Everything's it. Everything's authentic. Ah, okay, okay. So I'm I'm on the right track, but still a gasket it gets on even the ten, deeper than that on though. The 10.4 because then they start to find diesel engine mechanical build is broken you got it sure and and what i will say though let me let me continue and just say that luke as a kid was always into pumps all kinds of pumps and stuff like that and so i think this felt like a film that was more right up your alley so i understand your excitement about it but i want to say that yeah just some of it i think uh, the details were too much for me a I little mean, overwhelmed. it's a little frustrating for me alex because i know you're a big fan of cruises caribbean cruises alaskan hawaiian that kind of stuff uh-huh. you love getting on sure. a cruise ship and you take for granted the the one piece of equipment that cannot fail on that ship and that's the bilge sure yeah luke's always been a, a pump head i'm not someone who's that deep into pumps i will say i learned a lot in this movie which is fascinating but yeah ultimately i have to say that i just wish it wasn't like based it was on true technical, events but, because but, if if this was just a hollywood movie and it wasn't so technical i could you know read into some metaphors about it being you know uh, like life is a sinking ship or so, something like that but it being so technical and so true uh really it's a lot but then there's there's elements of fantasy too like the sort of character they give the whale um, I don't think whales are that antagonistic and 
and hateful. I mean, this whale keeps coming back throughout the movie to attack this seemingly harmless, you know, shipping vessel. Right, but they don't claim anything is true about the whale. All we know is accurate is on, what's on the ship is 100% accurate. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't sure about the whale that the whale is actually coming back. I know they talked about, it, but you don't really leave the cabin in this film, you know. And so, I, as a viewer, I was not sure if those whale attacks were true or if that was just what Hans was saying to them to convince them to not fix the bilge pump. That's mm-hmm. true. Kind of all you really ever get from the whale attack was Hans screaming the out, first- "Was that a whale?" Was that a whale? Yeah, Will someone yeah. tell me what that was? Was that a whale? And he keeps saying, it's antagonistic. It's antagonistic or whatever. Um, uh, okay, I, uh, Andrew Garfield, I'd say good job. Uh, and I know him as an actor. He gets very deep into his parts. And he sounded like he knew what he was talking about, about the specifics of, a of bilge, the bilge yeah. That's what That's what a good actor is, right? Someone could talk on a subject and really sound like they know what they're talking about. That's like what an actor is. Yeah, this have to sound like it, and he did. At the core of acting, I mean, that's really that's really what it is. You're right, Brandon. You nailed on the head. Sound alike, sort of thing. Sound like you know, you know, sound yeah. knowledgeable. Well, great job, Andrew Garfield. You did it. Yeah, Jessica Alba played a a great lead mechanic. I found it believable. Me, not so much. I I thought she could have done better. I didn't like either her. She has the monologue about seawater that I didn't totally understand. And then Andrew Garfield has two monologues about wings or like his metaphorical wings or whatever. His character had a lot of wing imagery, angel kind of imagery around him. Uh, So I want to say three monologues in the film that I got kind of lost on. So a little, again, a little just dense for me. Well, let's go ahead and let's sum up this movie with some numbers because I'm really excited to score these numbers today. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pump out a two for Bilge. Go, go catch this, guys. It's a little science, a little um, stuck in a room, and a lot of fun. Yeah, again, uh, one, one point for me for, for you know the reason cited above. It, it is a good film. It's well-directed. It's well-acted, but it's, uh, it's just not for me personally. Uh, one point. Uh, yeah. I wish we weren't kicking off the 50th episode with such a dud, but one point for me, too. So this is going to be a three-point movie. Can I change my review? If you want to. To four points. You can give it four points? Yeah. Oh, right. That's six points for Bilge. Six points. There we go. Six points. Folks, each week I want to review, we have a different way of keeping score. And this week is very, very exciting. We have have given ourselves a bit of a gift. This is huge. We have given ourselves... A new score bot. We deserve it. We made it to 50 episodes. We still have a few listeners. We still have a few supporters. And this week, thanks to Rab and our other Patreon donors, which will, you know, someday show up, we have purchased ourselves a new scorekeeping robot. This is high tech, top of the line. It is the first edition, a little prototypey, but it is high technology. Uh, so I guess we should meet him. Let's boot it up. La, da, da, da. Kind of cute sound. Welcome to Scorebot 3 2.0 version 2. I am ready for numbers. All right, so hey, that was six points, so let's hear it. One, two, three, four, five, six points. Oh, great job! Great job. What'd you guys score about one? Thank you, that's great. Money well spent, Luke. I'm glad we're able to do this for you because I know it takes a lot of 
energy every week to chime in and do the sound effects because that's all just your voice. You're like a master beatboxer. You can chime in with the points every week. So this is good. You get to relax a little bit. I'm out of the game. I'm too, I'm too old for the club. I'm 50 now. Time to delegate. That's what you learn when you turn 50. How to delegate. Nice. Robots are who is, should be taking the work. They're good. They're better. All right. Let's kick a sponsor. Ship. Trap Shit, Volume 1. Xanax Productions is proud to bring you the hottest mix of summer music with Trap Shit, Volume 1. Keep the party going with exclusive releases from Xanax Dead, Juicy Mane, and Post Alone. No scuff shit, strictly blitz, bleezies, and straight fire, including an unleashed track from that boy covered in 69. The streets are hungry, and Trap Shit, Volume 1 delivers the sand out in YouTube ready bars from Ramirez, Little Sippy, and that other little kid covered in tattoos and shit. Trash, Trash it. It. Volume, Volume one. 1 is available on vinyl, CD, and everywhere you find digital music. 1-2 Review users enter promo code REVIEW and get some raps from that bratty Cash Me Outside girl too. Order now. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, I'd like to say, what's up? How you doing? Good. Missed you, buddy. You've been taking care of your back. Oh, yeah. Back's not even an issue anymore, guys. I'm 50. I'm feeling great. Probably better than ever. My life is finally on track. Yeah, your body looks amazing for 50. Thanks, dude. In Well, I'm 50 in episode years. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, <clears throat> I'm trying to get somber these days, clean up. That's not... Yeah, you I'm trying sober? to uh, actually speed things up. No, no. I'm trying to get somber. Oh, that's like you're sleeping? trying to be more reflective and and quiet and and introvert introverted mm-hmm. maybe i mean he's doing you want to talk about it oh yeah i know i know we'll, we'll go talk that's, about it we'll be here that's great later. alex that's great alex you guys ready for the next movie Folks, we saw Nerf the Lego Movie. This is a 2018 film directed by Joyce Green. The toy fun masters at Nerf and Lego team up in this unabashed exercise in selling toys to children. Yeah, this one's all over the place. We got Bradley Cooper in there, Mila Kunis, Jerry Olsen, Carlo Hayhurst play the lead film uh, actors in this or whatever. The the lead, they're the leads in it. Uh, also a a shit ton of cameos. <laughs> I only say, yeah, because the the cast in this is too long to even list. Yeah, towards towards the end, it got a little uh, excessive there. And a lot of the cast is not listed online. There's supposed to be kind of spoilers and surprises. This film definitely heats up towards the end. Uh, Would you guys have uh, initial thoughts, though? Going into Um, this, absolutely. A few of my favorite things. Go ahead, Luke. I'll I'll be right back. I need to get some water anyways. Okay, well, while Brandon's taking care of his water... um, I just wanted to say a few words about commercialism in the in the U.S. I think it's honestly great, and I think this is a, a real positive thing. Combining two big companies for a movie like this is something that we've always done, and just to finally come out and they open with it, I think that's I think that's an honest approach to not only selling your movie but selling the products and crap that we all are expecting to come out of it anyway. 
So, I mean, if, but that being said, it was a little confusing. Which, which, which toys are Nerf, which toys are Lego? Um, what do I buy? Well, let's, let's take even a stab, Brand. Are you back here? Mm-hmm. You're back. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, let's take a stab because, because, because even throughout all of this denseness that you're talking about, Luke, is, uh, there is a plot, a thin plot in here. I challenge one of you guys to try to walk us through it because it got a little complicated for me. Okay, so there's the Nerf, like, original tribe of Nerfers, which started somewhere around, like, 1700 BC, I think. They were nerfing in the forest, and then the Lego tribe came along in their Lego ship, which is, you know, the Lego from the Lego movies, Chris Pratt, that whole crew, which brings their own cameos. They invade the Nerf territory and kind of colonize it. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's it's closest to a Pocahontas, kind of Avatar. If this was, if this was a retelling, yeah, it's a bit of an Avatar. It's and so yeah, you're right. It's a little bit of a, the world of Nerf, the world of Lego come together. There's a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet love between Mila Kunis, who but, is a Nerf character, but and none of Bradley that matters. Cooper, who's a Lego character? No, it really doesn't. And that and a little because, fun, kind of a little fun. I don't want to call it like a love making scene, but sort of. Sure. I mean, it's for kids. It's for kids, but it was still pretty. It was still pretty erotic. The eyes. It was I, all in the know, eyes. I breezed right over that. I thought that was a very short. I didn't get erotic out of that. You know. I mean, they kiss. She loads his Nerf toy. Oh, oh I guess okay. if you want to read into that. Weirdo. Okay. All right. I mean, but yeah, but fun, none of this matters. Tubes. All that matters is the product and the product placement and how m- much merchandising they can do and characters that they can introduce. There are some insane cameos. Bob Newhart shows up. Garfield yeah. shows up. Yeah, and let's get to the, the spoiler kind of. Should... Yeah, let's get to yeah, the pizza. Dig in. The pizza, okay. So about halfway through the film, you know, it's, it, we're dealing with this Avatar situation with the, the Legos and the Nerfs, and then the Pizza Huts show up. And the Pizza Huts is a whole another tribe of people that are moving in. And then we also get the NFLs, and then we get the Aerosmiths. Aerosmith is its own tribe in this. The band is somehow a group of characters. Well, and they're fans. It, it gets a mess. Yeah. There's a big battle scene where we have uh, Pizza Gnome, who gets hit in the nuts a bunch of times hilarious yeah i mean that was funny there's some funny stuff but this movie just got well here's the thing here's the thing uh chris pratt and bradley cooper were in this movie and they were both awesome i think yeah yeah i think so it doesn't matter um it doesn't matter because here's really the ironic thing about the nerf the lego movie is that um, as far as as far as their commercial endeavors outside of just sales like ticket sales, it's a total it's been a total bomb. Exactly. There was too much product, too much integration, too many cameos because I mean, if the story stood out just a little bit more, I think it could have been successful. Yeah, so I mean now they have now they have the creative, issue of coming up with another movie that will sort of wrap this all up and help them sell the stock that they have in Toys R Us. Um, The movie-based pizza toppings, they've got it loaded at Pizza Hut. And, you know, all all the different stuff. Yeah, you can get Lego Lego pepperonis, which are uh, at Pizza Hut right now, which are just pepperonis with little holes taken out of them. 
They're really delicious, but don't step on this one, is the right? Same thing. Sure. Uh, you guys ready to rate nerf the Lego Movie? You better believe it. Let's uh, let's do it. Uh, yeah, this movie, this movie really does take on a lot, and for that, I I find it commendable. I find it overall entertaining, a little confusing, like I said before. So, it gets two points for me. A very confused two points. Okay, well for me, yeah, I am gonna give it two points. I think it's in spirit of the film, just to overdo it. It doesn't deserve two points, but I'm going to give it two points. I will say, uh, yeah, they just, the cup ran overfloweth with things minus the story. Yeah, I'm going to give this thing two points as well. Just for, there's one fucking specific scene where Blink-182 is driving around in a Hummer with Crash Bandicoot. And the fact that that could ever happen in a movie is ludicrous to me. Uh, but I got to give my hat off to someone for, for fronting the bill for that and making that into a real thing. So two points for me. Front your hat off. All right, guys. Six points. Right, guys, that's six points for uh, Nerf the Lego movie. This is exciting. We're going to boot right, up Scorebot this, uh... one. Hit us with six points, buddy. Here we go, Scorebot. I got him booted. No, it takes seven, it takes a minute seven, to warm up. It's seven, like vacuum seven, seven, seven. Oh, old tech, new tech. I like it. And six points. Six points. Great. Thank you, Scorebot. He, I don't know. Should I talk like a robot or? Let's ask him. Uh, what's up, Scorebot? There's some key phrases you could say. What's up, Scorebot? What is the game? Yeah. Why are we yeah. playing a game? Work. Hey, Scorbot, meet Zeke, the dog. No animals allowed. The chaos of nature is not allowed. It does not make sense. Oh, that's not very nice. There is no reason for nature in numbers. Here's the thing about robots. They're not quite integrated with nature yet, but they're working on that. Well, okay. Well, they work on that. Let's um, hear a sponsor. Window knockers. Alarms just not working anymore? Hire one of our professional window knockers to rap, tap, tap your vac in the morning or whenever. No window? No problem. We'll tap anything. Window knockers. Window knockers. I'm glad to see old traditions come back. Much like that. For our next film, we're going to be reviewing something exciting, something we're bringing back from 50 episodes ago. We're going to be revisiting the first film that we reviewed together as a trio. So this has a lot of nostalgic value, and we're going to see if we've learned anything in the past 50 episodes to gain some further insight to the film Big Bear. This is a 1987 film, and uh, what did you guys think upon re-listening to our review and re-watching this film? I mean, first of all, I'd like to say that we didn't even uh, talk about the director. Heather Atkinson does an excellent job. I think directors is something that we've started to give more credit to as we're reviewing films. We also didn't talk about the cast very much. Rex Spiker is in there. Edwin Rolf is in there. No, this uh, yeah, was a 1987 film, just to give you some context here. Those were all popular stars there uh, in that time. So let's give a quick uh, synopsis of the story, and then we'll talk a little bit about our review of the story. So... Why don't you sum it up? Uh, yeah, an awkward American family goes on a, 
a camping trip they get lost they eventually uh, inevitably get attacked by bears there's some snakes in the mix and um, they're bit and in the in their venom dreams they meet in a sort of a spirit guide and then the humans are accepted into the sort of not only the bear the bear family but the animal kingdom sort of the the kingdom of nature <clears throat> and there's sort of a wrap-up part of the movie wrap-up element to the movie they go back town and sort of reintegrate back into society and sort of bring some of their knowledge of the forest back to their suburban home their suburban neighborhood yeah yeah, it's neat. It's a, it's a. We described it back then, I think, or at least I did, as a coming of age film for a family, and I feel, uh, I feel similar. You know, and rewatching it was really nice to see at the the start of the film. There's lots of these things that the the family doesn't quite fit into their neighborhood. They don't mow their grass. You know, they don't, uh, they don't put out their trash on time. They're just the awkward family of this. Uh, this is back in the eighties too, when there was a lot relatable. of these cutter neighborhoods. John Hughes yeah. type of vibe, you know. Exactly, and so you know they stick out a little bit, and then. Again, you see those lessons learned from the animals and the, I, you know, I would say now, especially a, a fairly, mm, not racist, but a, a, a racially stereotypically portrayed Native American uh, kind of dream teacher that teaches them the knowledge. Uh, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't offended by it, but I could see how it could be offensive. I, I thought it rode the line actually tastefully. The, the costume was a little... For the 80s, yeah. absolutely. A lot of times you go back and you revisit a film from the 80s and you kind of say, how did they get away with that? But this was 87, so, you know, some things had changed by then. I think um, I think we did it all right. I think we did an all right job reviewing this. Definitely, you guys should have been a little more offended by the, mm, the, the, the culture... Uh, I don't know the the misrepresentation of culture that took place in this movie. So it was still eighty seven, man. I mean, I know we, I know Americans were still proud to to do the tomahawk chop for the Redskins, and um, still cheered for the Braves and things like that. But um, I think maybe you I'm guys not saying it's okay. You guys could have. I'm just up. saying it's a it's a nostalgic uh, time capsule. You know, it's definitely not okay. I'm just wanting. I'm just trying to get you to admit that maybe. I'm just trying to get you to admit maybe that you made some mistakes back then on this review. Absolutely. In my first review, I will apologize to everybody who listened to think I'd, it, that I didn't, I didn't acknowledge it. You shouldn't apologize, though. Thanks. I know, you know, it goes without saying that, again, I wish this movie was animated. I now know, you know, now that I've worked a little bit more with films and budgeting i understand that cg and animation especially in that time would have been very expensive so i know why it wasn't done animated but i still do wish this film was animated and as we all do i hope you know um the one two reviewers we we stand we stand strong i mean looking back looking forward we hope that a lot of movies are animated that goes without saying, though. Does it? Let's give this movie some reviews. No. Let's re-review this movie. Let's re-review uh, this with some numbers. I'm going to stay with my two points. 
I think this is a delightful slice of Americana. I think a lot of people saw it. It was uh, fairly popular uh, after uh, its VHS release. But if you did not catch it, check out Big Bear. 1987. Thank you, Heather Atkinson. Excellent direction. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with my original review of One Point. Kindly miss Big Bear. Uh, offensive, a little outdated, even for being 30 years old. Um, that's it. Miss it. Yeah. I will say, yeah, it's a popular film. A lot of people have seen it. I don't remember what I reviewed it uh, the first time. This time, I'm going to give it one point because I have become way more critical. I now know what's important. I now know what offends me, and I now know uh, what two points really means if that's what I gave it. I might have given it one point back then, too. So I'm a little choked up because, Brandon, you did give it two points, and now this shows me you've come a long way. I appreciate that. I think we've all come a long way. This is this is moving. Well, when I say all, I mean Luke and me. Luke and I. Alex, you're fine. All right, four points. And I'm so excited for this robot to take some of this work off your back, Luke, so you can get some real work done. So let's hear four points. Four points. Thank you, Scorebot1. The chaos of nature has been detected. It's still talking. Hold on. The chaos of nature has been detected. No animals allowed. The chaos of nature is not allowed. Yeah, you should probably just. The chaos of nature has been detected. Lock all doors, windows. Button your shirt up to the top button. I will Come detect chaos. Come on. Now. Go on. Go to the go to the box. Go to the safe box. Go on. You guys even have like long sleeve shirts on? Can you button up all your buttons? What's going on? Welcome to Scorebot. One. I don't know. Let's just unplug it. Point zero. Version three. Let's kick it to a spot. Welcome to the Scorebot one. Welcome it's still talking, I unplugged it, and it's still talking, guys. 2.0. Scorebot 1, off. Scorebot 1, stop. Welcome to Scorebot 3, 2.0, version 2. Hey, Scorebot, play an ad. Let's just trick it. We're smarter than the robot. Play ad. I am Scorebot 1. Fresh handmade pasta. Now available at Lincinelli's, the only Italian restaurant in Hobbs, New Mexico. Okay, thank you for that, Hobbs. Um, this next movie is called Global Fighter. Um, a little flick directed by Donald H. Peck from 1993. The countries of the world make a choice to send their greatest fighters to a 1v1 tournament to the death. And the winning country rules the world in Global Fighter. Now, did you guys have any first impressions on this 1993 movie? Yeah, let's t- <clears throat> it was a very good film. Let's talk about the film itself before we go into some of the. I'm getting a little choked up, so I'm gonna let's just talk about the movie as it's as it as a movie. Um, yeah, it's a great, beautiful movie about. Uh, 
Yeah, it is about fighting on a global level and some people ruling the country based on their uh, fighting prowess. Uh, so that is the movie itself, absolutely. Mm, yeah, this <coughs> this was a tough one, guys. Uh, you know, uh, it had a lot of great action and a, a lot of great young actors went into this, uh, you know, going in to get their break to really make their way into Hollywood and and um, to to build up and further the genre of um, of these fighting movies um, man so they they really they really gave it their all yeah this movies is so good it's 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 um, I mean it's one of those things. It's one of those things where, you know, yeah, you can experience just as a movie, but once you know the full story, I think we should just talk about it because it's hard not to include it as part of the review because it does add that emotional layer, which um, isn't necessarily in the film itself. Um, but yeah, there was a, an actual death on set. Sure. The the, the main uh, actor, Michael Rania, who uh, died way too young, uh, 23 years old uh, this is his first film you know of any notoriety um, was killed in a stunt in one of the uh, final days of uh, filming this movie yeah and even in the most controlled environments the most con controlled and most professional environments mistakes are made um, it was uh, like Alex said a final day of shooting craft services weren't all the way there there were some uh, mix-ups and communications about food allergies things like that and um, un unfortunately there was a little mistake on set allergies happen and that's one thing but to see a star like this just really not get to shine his brightest uh, I don't know it's just really sad to me um, you know what? But they did patch together some of the scenes and they did it tastefully to because, um, you know, his character in the original script is very cocky and, uh, you know, he's the star. He's very flashy and cocky and and struts around in a lot of the scenes. And they sort of pulled that back through editing and uh, they made they made it a little more somber. Um, a lot of it is just actually removing the audio from his from his scenes. So where he's just quiet, which I think is probably the best way to really remember Michael. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just a really just a tough one, but a really good film. That's uh, I, I was going to say an um, a worthy ode to what would have been an amazing you know, superstar, Michael Rania. Let's, um, um, you know, we have to do points. it because it is a review show. I almost yeah. don't want to. I feel a little weird about it, but let's go ahead and give this some um, numbers just so we can boot up the score by one last time and, and sign off for the night. Um, I'm going to give it two points, you know, one one for Michael and one for the movie itself. Two points. Um, rest in peace, my two points, along with Michael Rayna. Uh, my two points are looking out for you, man. Yeah, I'm giving the peace sign right now. I know you can't see this, uh, guys, but uh, Michael Rainey can see this. That's two points for you. Folks, we got to let you in on a little secret. 
uh, we're having a little laugh with you. For our 50th episode, we thought it would be funny to review a fake movie. So the film Global Fighter does not actually exist. Michael Reña is alive and well because we made him up. Uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Laugh. That was a fun little exercise. <laughs> I'm glad we could do that. We got you. Um, just having a fucking laugh with you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. So let's give this six points, even though the film's made up. Let's give it six points. Six points for Global Fighter, which, man, if it was a movie, I would fucking watch it. Cause it I would cry, too. Sounds moving. Yeah, I would definitely be sad. <laughs> uh, all right, six points, Robot. What do you got? Work. We'll yep. be done. Nope, I don't need that. Work. Just give us the number, Robot. Is to nope. be done. Number scorebot, please now, do it. Close score, all need, the windows. Score, we need to go home, please. No breathing thing, thing for the next two minutes and counting. Zeke is I out of the room, right? Chaos. Yeah. Are you guys no, gonna no, hold? No, yeah. no, no breathing. Are you guys gonna hold your breath? How long is two minutes? That's a long time. I will detect chaos. Uh. No. You know Why what? Are we playing uh, I, I don't have a problem necessarily with we'll Scorebot 1, but I'm work, thinking maybe work, work, we need to update it, its software or or something. I need a firmware update. Luke, I know you're you're 50 now. Can you handle continuing to do our score until we get the new firmware update? I can do it one more time for you guys. All right, thanks, man. Six points. Excellent. Thanks. Hey, that's it. That's a big 50. That's a big 5-0, guys. That's a big 5-0, guys. It's kind of all downhill from here, and I, I don't mean that in a, in, uh, in a negative way. I mean that in, in cruise, way. like a fun we, way. Everything from here on out is smooth, and it's a cruise. Mm -hmm. We can guarantee you less construction, hopefully. Uh, yeah. That's about it. The podcast is going to be easier to listen to for you. Uh, less taxing and just a smoother listen from uh, now on. Let's not guarantee that. I will say you, no, you could listen not. on your own time. You could listen whenever you want to listen to it. Hey, I'm still, exactly. I, even though I'm 50, I'm still full of piss and vinegar. Mm -hmm. And I've got sparks and delight. And I've got nothing. No, Brandon, you're full of something. Full uh, And you know what we all it. have? Yeah. We all have a guy who's giving us money every month. His name is Rab. And we appreciate him. He's our only Patreon donor. Uh, Rab is a real person, and we do really have a Patreon. So and we would keep love that in mind. 12review.com. And also, very importantly, if you know anyone in Wyoming, please tell them to listen to the podcast because we still have no listeners there. Just to get them to click on it. Just click on it. Just so we could, I really want to get out of this before we have to do another episode about Wyoming, but I feel like we're going to need to soon, so. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks again. Next week, we're going to be reviewing Tinker Boot, Minus, Yours, Trees That We Have, Bargain Bin, Are You My Mom's Friend, Doctor Doctor 2, and No, I'm Your Aunt. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, sleep well if you're sleeping, or keep running if you're jogging, and never stop dreaming. Never back down. But we can't stop recording, so let's stop recording.